I was quite clearly heavily concussed, and I came out came out after half time and played uh, the rest of the game. But my girlfriend at the time had said, "Oh, how do you think you played?" I've gone, "What do you mean?" She goes, "You played." She goes, "No, I didn't play today." <laughs> Something like that, and she just goes, "Wow, that's that's just wrong." Welcome to the Lace Out Podcast, and I'm your host Chris Pepper. In this instalment of our chat with series. I speak to former North Melbourne and Melbourne superstar Sean Smith on his high-flying, high-impact career and the toll concussions are having on his life. Sean Smith, welcome to Lace Out. Yeah, thanks a lot, Chris. Yeah, good to be on. We were just having a quick chat before we got going. This self-isolation thing at the moment. How are you handling it? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. We're obviously trying to do the right thing, and um, but I went and bought myself a new guitar the other day, so I've been entertaining myself with that. Um, so yeah, a bit of a new friend of Strat. So I'm trying to teach myself a bit of lead guitar and yeah, get these big stumpy old fingers working. So we'll see how we go. Has that always been a passion for you, the guitar? Oh, I played it a bit. I was sort of on and off. Um, I lost a lost a bit of drive with it there for a while back, and um, yeah, sort of. I find that you've got to sort of keep stimulating your mind somehow and try something different, and it sort of rekindled the fire a bit. So it's, yeah, it's been really good. How how, how are you finding it at the moment? With just no football on whatsoever. To be quite honest with you, yeah. <laughs> it really doesn't bother me. Because, no. um, I mean, I, I don't know. The, I mean, I just don't watch a lot of footy anymore. Uh, um, I only watch it when it's on. Yeah. Uh, if my son's playing, I'll watch. Because um, I reckon some of the games nowadays are they're not really good to watch. I don't know. I don't know. That's just me. Um, yeah, but then they'll have a really good game on my watch. Um, but I, I don't sort of go my way. I really haven't missed it, to be honest. So I've sort of been worrying about playing guitar too much. Oh, you know what? If, I reckon if you got another 10 people in a row and asked them the same question, I reckon you get a 50-50 split would say, yeah, I miss it. And there'd be somebody going, you know what? The amount of good games to the amount of bad games, uh, yeah. it isn't there. What do you think's causing, the, the, when you say that the, the bad games are not interesting, what, what do you think... Who's been the main catalyst behind that? Would you say it's the coaches, the league, everyone? Um, well, it's obviously the, 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 you know, obviously people are picking, you know, coaching and development staff and that. Um, you know, they are, they were drafting athletes, not footballers. They still obviously have that athletic, that athletic side of things that you need. But you're also going to have a, be a footballer's brain. Um, but yeah, it's very hard because I see so many guys running around the local comps um, who are absolute gun footballers that don't fit the mould of of a supposedly what's meant to make AFL footy. Um, in, you know, in structures with uh, you know skin folds and whatever testing they do. You know, they might not pass them okay. You know, they might not pass them very well, but they can get the pill. Um, but the game today's game is very. Brutal on the running side of things. Um, you know, one ballers are travelling 15k, so I get what they're getting at. But the one thing that really gets up my nose is that it's not hard to learn to kick with the opposite side of your body. Um, and oh, every day, every every game ever watches, there's blokes that kicking around corners. You know, kicking bananas because they can't kick on their on their preferred, on their non-preferred side. It actually really infuriates me because you're getting paid five hundred grand a year. You got to learn how to kick on the opposite side. That's that's just a given for me. Isn't it funny? You said it a moment ago. You see, you know, I've seen it over the years. Um, you would have seen it. You know, listeners out here would have heard about it. Where you just look at someone and you just go, "How did they not make it?" Because they have just got skills coming out of their proverbial, they're magnificent yes. in the air at the ground, left and right, but because they didn't have a look, or they were a bit podgy or a bit slow. They they didn't get yeah. the opportunity. Yet you can go to a guy who can run, you know, sub three minute one k, but can't kick a football on the right foot. But we'll give him a five hundred thousand dollar contract. It makes yeah, no I'm sense. Here. When the game I'm was here, originally yeah. the game was originally supposed to be where anybody at any size could play. Yeah, I I I don't I don't uh, go for the things that people say. Oh, you're too short to play AFL now. I understand the game. The guys have got a lot bigger and taller, but if you're really short and you can still match them on the fitness side of things, and you've got exquisite skills, I'm not sure why they wouldn't look at you. But it's it's um, 
yeah, it frustrates me to see with guys that miss out. Yeah. Um, it, uh, yeah, it is frustrating. Well, yeah, look at two, two of the probably the two of the best players to ever play, um, Sam Mitchell, Greg Williams, yep. weren't exactly the fastest players, but what were their skills yep. like? Exactly. Right. 100%. So, they, 100%. Both easily. Hey, look, let's well, focus. Dan, Dan Swan's the other one, too. Like, he, he, he bucked the mile. He wasn't, like, ripped, anything like that. And he obviously won a brown eye, so he's uh, he was not too bad. Uh, Dan Swan. Oh, well, there you go. Can you, can you, do you yeah. remember the, the, um, the Anzac Day game where he copped a bit of flack for being a little bit overweight and came out and dominated? Yeah, I yeah. Think he, won, he won the medal that day and gave that little pat on the stomach. I think every everyone who just had a little <laughs> couple of kilos sat back and went, you know, what's. Fantastic, 100%. sick it up. Hey, let's focus on you a bit. You had 109 games in the AFL, 134 yep. goals, played for two clubs. We know North Melbourne. We definitely know Melbourne, being, being my team. But one thing that yep. I was fascinated to ask you a fair bit about was the time that you spent here at Werribee. Um, oh, yes, and that's a, Werribee, yep. yeah. And that seemed to be a big part of your VF, VFA career at that particular stage. Yep. And one thing I've always wanted to know is the difference between VFA footy and VFL slash AFL football, was there a, a stark comparison? Did you enjoy one more than the other? Well, I, I was told when I uh, went back to Werribee, Donald, Donald convinced me to go to Werribee, um, he, uh, they said, oh, geez, watch your head, you're going to get knocked off. <laughs> and I look at some of the real old, you know, the Fred Cook era, and that, that, was, that was actually brutal footy. Um, but I... Um, no, I said, oh, well, I said to Mac, I'm not going to get my head knocked off. He says, nah, nah, don't worry about it, you know. And I, um, so I went down there and you know, it, was, it, was, it wasn't none of that really. There's some tough boys running around. Um, but one thing was, you know, I came back with on-baller fitness and I was playing full forward. So I could, I, um, could I, trained, I had a pre-season at Fitzroy. Yep. So I, uh, yeah, came back there and I think a few, few backs, a few fullbacks actually sort of go, what, what, why is this guy running everywhere? You know, because that wasn't the norm. It was you know, the, the big full forward and, you know, and, and the on-ballers do all the running. So, uh, yeah, that was, yeah, I, I loved it. I loved playing for Werribee. Had that one year there and um, had a really good year. Won the BNF and kicked 70 goals or something for the year and, um um, I think that was third, the year that you also come third in the JJ Liston as well. Yeah, third in the JJ, yeah. And then the yep. next year, um, my club Melbourne gave you a bit of a, I mean, gave you a phone call to say, hey, why don't you come down to us? Well, it's funny you say that. The um, I was training at Fitzroy, and uh, you know they basically said they were going to draft me, and then um, uh, then you know I've, I I uh, then. Can we start that again? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah so I uh, was training at Fitzroy and, um, you know, and I, they were going to draft me. And, um, you know, so they said, we're going to play you in a in the seconds this weekend just to get you run and we'll draft you a week, week later. So don't know, Darmans. So I've uh, played in the twos at, at Skinner Reserve. Good old Skinner Reserve. <laughs> Skinner Reserve. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've kicked, I think I kicked eight or something like that, and I took, stood on a few blokes' heads taking grabs and stuff out of day so out. So it was just a na- natural day at the office? <laughs> yeah, sort of. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and Melbourne, uh, Melbourne recruiters were there because David Schwartz had done his knee the week before. So, um, so they were, yeah, looking for a full forward and, yeah, out of the blue... On draft day, they, um, they picked me at pick 14 and Fitzroy at 15. So Fitzroy, <laughs> Fitzroy was shuffling the papers pretty badly on their pick because they don't think I was going to go anywhere. And they went through. And it was probably a better decision for you because you were there for four years at Melbourne. Um, yes. Fitzroy finished up a couple of years later. That's right, yes. So you, so, um, you, were, you were... And that, that first year at Melbourne was... Probably your best year there, wasn't it? Fifty-one goals. Um, yeah, apparently, apparently, I haven't heard much about it, but you did take quite a good mark against Brisbane in the last round. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, yes. allegedly. I've, I've yet to see evidence of it. Um, it was, and you, you mentioned it before, like taking the high mark. Was that just something that was like 
Yeah, every player sort of has their their skill attribute that they they excel at. Was yours the high mark? Yeah, one, one was jumping. Yeah, yep. I was a high jumper at school and a long jumper, and um, and the you know the athletics at school and and yeah, I just just one of the things I had. Some blokes can kick the ball sixty meters. Some can you know whatever you know. Yeah, you know, have a real good base and I'll get tackled. Some good tacklers. I was, I was a good jumper. So, um, yeah, that was just what I'd put to the table and, you know, killed me a few times though because going up is good, but coming down, especially on top of your head, doesn't doesn't help. Yeah, because, um, and obviously we'll, we'll touch on it shortly because you, you have come out, you know, quite recently talking about your concussions and so forth. Do you think that was yep. a, obviously a byproduct of, Playing the game at that sort of level, and when I say at that level, is yeah, you know, what goes up must come down type of. Yeah, I mean, it, it really doesn't matter when it comes to concussion side of thing. It doesn't matter what level you play. It, the ground's the same hardness. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, and and if you get if you hit your head on the ground, it's the same as hitting the AFL. Like you're not your head's the body's elite, but elite, but your your head and your brain, you can't protect that anymore, regardless of what level. And, you know, obviously, yeah, going for a few grabs coming on top of my head. And there was obviously some dirty stuff there, a lot of dirty stuff, um, which was sort of in the the era that I played in the, in the, um, in, in my era in the 90s, 80s and 90s. Yeah. Was was there anyone, when I say fear, like, you know, you'd be turning up during the week, knowing where you're going to play, like, oh, geez, this, this guy's, if, if something was going to happen, it was going to happen that week because you knew that whatever you did, um, they would just pound you, hit you, do whatever they can within the rules. Yep. Yeah. Was there anyone who? Well, well, there was actually a, a Rod, Rod Grinner used to belt the shit out of me, right? but never, no, he'd never go to the head, but he just punched absolute suitcases out of me. <laughs> and then when I went when I went to Melbourne, I had to play with him, yeah. thinking, oh, this, you know, this bloke is a bit of a bit of a bastard, you know, <laughs> prick. Nicest bloke I've ever met. So uh, you never know. He had, he had white line fever, something chronic. Rod, but Dan was a very good player too. Uh, I will admit something. He was one of my favourites growing up. Good, yeah. old, good old Paul, <laughs> number fourteen. Just that blonde hair and out, and he was just yeah, um, yeah, loved him, loved him. But could you also say, look, because as the game got more professional, I don't know. They moved from suburban grounds to obviously more corporate grounds. So grounds, you know, you look at the eighties and probably early nineties grounds were. Softer, boggier, etc. Now that there's no there's no give in grounds anymore, yeah. and it seems to be that there's more and more concussions. And some of them you look at it and go, "How could that be? That, that he's hardly touched it, or he's hardly been." Yeah, it, it, uh, I, I can't explain that. No, um, yeah, and that's why I go back to the the skill side of things. Yeah. The skills haven't got better, and they're, they're on perfect grounds. Whereas blokes in uh, blokes used to be in six foot mud and still kick the ball properly. Uh, anyway, that's my rant over. No, you can rant. I love a good rant. But, but you're right, though. You're, they've they've gone down that athlete's route rather than a, a, yep. a player's route. And you're right. There's too many miss out. Now, you did mention your concussion side of things, and it has been well documented. Um, I, I recently, actually earlier this week, had a look at a bit at the at the Insight program when you were on that um, yep. earlier in the year. When did you start discovering that oh, something's not right here? Something's something. Well, yeah. I, I look back at, at it now after sort of analysing everything and, you know, and talking to friends and psychologists and stuff and it's been, been going on for a long, long time, probably 15 years or so, um, probably even longer, 15 to 20, I'd say, something like that. Cause, um, but when I sort of noticed something was wrong was probably about five, five, six years ago. Just was, I just felt angry and just felt, um, you know, just didn't feel myself. And, you know, I started drinking too much just to sort of numb the pain a bit. And and then, you know, it just didn't feel right. And then I went to the doc and he said, oh, you've got depression. Okay, not right. So a couple of pills made you feel a bit better, but then you feel shit again. And then just, yeah, just couldn't get out of bed. Um Sometimes I couldn't get out of bed for three or four days. It was just so debilitating. Yep. And um, yeah, it was. I think well, this isn't normal. <laughs> and um, thank God Peter Jess came along. Um, you obviously know Peter Jess. Yeah, the player manager. 
player manager. Yep, I think they have very well because they hate his guts. I think because he he's like a dog on a bone, mate. Once once he gets a he's a very passionate man. That's what I love about him. Um, yeah, he he basically got me some testing done three three years ago. Oh, I can't remember timelines now, but he um, yeah, and and basically said you've got you've got a brain injury. So the inhibition inhibition period of my nerve is is um is compromised, so it doesn't get a rest. And he said, "Oh, your your brain's basically wired hot the whole twenty four seven. So it's and then you know, Alan, the um the neuroscience psychologist guy, he uh, he said, um, "Yeah, let me guess, you get angry as you can't do this, you know." And he just rattled me off in a you know in five seconds. I've gone well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's right on the money, mate. He goes, yeah, because you're not getting a rest. So then, so from then on, we can sort of try and we can't treat it because it's it's a brain, it's a physical injury. Um, just have to try and cope with it and learn coping skills. And um, you know, when you start feeling not good, you walk away from things. Um, you know, and just and take some medication, obviously, to, to get your head in balance and and. Um, yeah, so it's so from then on, it's been it's been it's been really good since I've met Pete because he's yeah, he's really he's got my back on a lot of things, and um, yeah, sort of going public in, in the uh, in the front page of the Herald because so, <laughs> I was I used to hide it something bad. Like I, people go, I didn't realise, didn't realise because I was a good actor basically, and um, yeah, so when it was the front page of the Herald Sun, it was. The best thing I ever did because it basically put it out there, saying, "Well, I can't hide anymore. You know, you've got to own it." And and it's been really good because it's just lifted a whole weight off my shoulders. But there's, you, know, you still have this still a tough battle to go ahead because I still have the down days and still have my up days. So it's um, yeah, it's it's going okay. Who approached you to do the Herald Sun piece? Uh, oh, Pete got that organised yeah. with um, Mike Werner. Yep. Um, he said you've, you've got to get this shit out because it's because it's you know it's not just me or Barnsley or Diesel or one of these guys. It's there's a long list, massive list of AFL bites that have come up after me after that interview after that article and and said, oh yeah, mate, I'm struggling too. You know, I'm struggling, I'm struggling. You know, just and wow, it's, it's much bigger than just even just the AFL. It's, it's huge, but then you go back to the local comps, and I, I'd be going to the pub or something with a couple of mates, and the guy on the bar goes, "Oh, I saw you interview this and that, and blah blah blah," you know. And I'm struggling big time with this head thing, and oh, you know, I've got knocked out so many times, and you know. And then guys are, you know, just down the bar, they go, "Yep, I played for so and so, and I've been knocked out so many times, and I'm not not travelling real well." So it's a real, real um, concern at grassroots level as well. Yeah, it's, and it's fascinating um, when you, you come out and you, you say something like that. The amount of people that you've known for years and you look at them and then they're the ones writing you a text message or giving you a call to say, oh, mate, thank you very much for that. I've been... And you look at them and go, hold on a second. What do you mean? You don't seem... And it's funny that you, you, you could, once again, like I said earlier, you could put 10 people in a row and maybe half of them have got something. But you, you oh, wouldn't exactly. pick it out. 100%. And you, and you wouldn't yep. pick it out. And, and they're going, oh, thanks, mate. And you look, hold on. Barnsley, you don't look like a person who'd be doing this. But in the same same view, he's looking at you going, Smitty, I've known you for goodness knows how long. You're, you're, this isn't you. So it's... Yeah, it's, exactly. People are actors. And it's funny enough, it's well, not funny enough, but the, it's the quiet ones to a degree that you have to sort of worry about. Yep. Or the ones yep. who are completely the opposite end who are really out and about because that's what their coping mechanism is to, to overcome yeah. it. Generally, the, the the funny guy in the group too, guys always making jokes and stuff, is hiding something too. Because a lot of people hide behind comedy, yeah, and they, and they hide behind silence. You know what I mean? Or whatever their whatever their coping manager is. Um, you know, it's it's it it is concern. It's not just concussion side of things as well. It's mental health in general. That um, you can't see. It's not like you don't have a stamp on your forehead going, you know, I'm I'm suffering depression or, you know. It's, whereas if you've got a crook now, you walk with a limp. You, know, you can see it. Yeah. Um, whereas when it's someone's brain, um, yeah, you can't see it. And then 
the, obviously, the scourge of having your mental health is going out the window um, pretty quickly in public society because uh, years ago it was like a sign of weakness, you know, like toughen up, that sort of scenario. And I just go, that that used to, that used to shoot me big time when when people go, oh, come on, mate, toughen up, mate, snap out of it. And you go, snap out of it. Um, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. It's uh, yeah. I've said it before on the podcast. Where I remember a statement from Robbie Williams once said that you know I could cancel a con- I could cancel a concert because I've got a sore throat. No one would batter an eyelid. But if I came out and said I've got a sore head, they'd say yes. There's something wrong with it. Come on, like yeah. If that mate, that's, tough enough. Exactly, and that that is so uh, so on the money, mate. That's uh, yeah. That's what we're campaigning for. Is you know obviously. Uh, the concussion side of thing, but mental health is a greater. Oh, it is. And I think one thing that I I personally get a little bit frustrated with is, and I'm not too sure if you're in the same boat, uh, because I've had my uh, challenges at times with it as well too, and I, I take my tablets every day. I'm, and I'm the same. As soon as I told a couple of people, it was, Peps, I'm like this. I've, I've had this, mate, it's been going on for years, and you're the same thing. Like, I, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't realize. But thank you, yeah. because now that's given me a bit of a, uh, a catalyst to come and say something. So it is that that pond, uh, pebble in the pond sort of thing where the ripples start to, to branch out and everybody gets exposed to it. But I think the thing that I get a little bit frustrated with is that whenever something goes wrong, those two words mental health get thrown in. Yeah. And it's almost seen as a bit of a get out of jail card. Yes, yes. And yeah. for the ones who have really got a, a, an issue, I think it's, it's a bit of a slap in the face to them. Yeah, unfortunately... It's the minority that ruin it for the majority. There's obviously people out there that are going to scan the system, and that's yep. that's that's a given in life in anything really, because there's there's some crappy people out there. Yep. Um, but um, yeah, but when you're genuine, you people work out pretty quickly whether they're genuine or not. Um, and if they don't, if people don't accept what you got, well, move on. <laughs> Even if it's your best mate, move on. He's not my mate anymore. That's that's the way I see it. Um, because you don't want to, especially when when you do have a, a, a mental issue, that hanging around negative people is really, really toxic. And and if you, you know, if you want to move on from from where you are, you've got to get rid of it. You've got to cull a few and get a whole. Even if you've only got you've got fifty friends and you cull down to five, beautiful. Five five friends it is. We'll, we'll move from here. So um, yeah, I've sort of done that in the last probably <laughs> probably a couple of years. Yep. And is that is that once again been a bit of because people don't understand or they only want to see the they don't want to see the oh, control they, they don't want to deal with yeah and and so, and they don't want to understand they're just like get yeah over. they just think I'm just think I'm they just think I'm stupid and weak yeah you know um, there's a couple of couple there they just you know with work and you'd be struggling to get out of bed oh well, come on you're just lazy. Yeah, you know, yeah, okay, no worries, no worries. Or, um, you know, you're just making it up. Come on, snap out of it. Yep. So then you go, okay, no worries, go, leave, see you later. Yeah, and, and, but the funny thing is, is that on the flip side, though, you do find the ones that you probably, I won't say take for granted, but you do find there's friends there that you realise were actually a lot, meant a lot more to you than they probably did. And they're the ones that, and there's actually surprising yep. ones that got behind you, like, I didn't actually think you'd be like that, but. They yeah, are. exactly. And, and that's yeah. and and that's what I came to realise as well too is that yeah there are yeah. there are people that genuinely want to see the best and, and they'll do anything for you they'll they'll crawl over broken glass to do anything for you and they're yep. the ones yeah. you've got to hold on to because yeah when, when yeah, times t- get totally tough totally agree mate yeah, yeah. and it's totally agree and um you know just even even little things like you know WhatsApp groups with people just hey look guys how are you going today especially with all this stuff going on people are losing jobs or getting Stuff cut yep. back left, right, and center. You need that. Hey, hey, can I do anything for you? Does anyone need anything? Just a little thing like that can make a, a massive difference. Yeah, it can. Yep, certainly can, mate. And as you said, it's generally the ones you, you don't realize are going to, um, you know, got your back and um, that sort of stuff until you, you're down and out. I'm a big believer. I, I judge people when things are going bad, yep. not when they're going good, because everyone's a winner. Um, so when you're down and out, who's the ones who are going to be there by your side and 
and you'll find that there'll be, yeah, as I said, there'll be the ones where you think would be, yep. aren't, and then there's um, you know, people out of the blue that you go, sure, I haven't seen you for ages, but they've got you back. So that's that's why I said just need to tell a lot of friends because you think they're friends, but they're not. All right, let's get on the good stuff, all right? And I really appreciate yeah, okay, you no being on that. No, that's, that's actually the good that's stuff. Fine. But I want to talk about the footy side of things as well, too, for yep. you as well, too. But um, your time, at, you know, actually, I'll rewind a little bit. I remember on the Insight program, a question was asked about, like, how much can you remember, et cetera. And, and what sort yep. of struck me was that you said that you, 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 you remember very little of your time at North Melbourne. I do, yeah. There's a couple of flashes here and there, and... Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of frustrating. Um, then someone might bring something up and you go, oh, I sort of remember that. Yeah. Um, really? And then I'll say, wait, what happened? And they go, no, it wasn't like that. <laughs> okay. No, I don't remember. Um, like the 80, 87 elimination final. You know, first year of footy playing against Melbourne. Beautiful. I remember. I remember. I was going to play, so I was last. Jim Cracker had been left out injury, and I was put in. That's a fair trade. <laughs> yeah. But then, um, um, and apparently, I played because uh, I got knocked, got whacked pretty hard at um, just before half time. Rod Grinter. No, uh, Dean Sharon. It was actually oh, Dean Sharon. Funnily Jeez. enough, because he was, he was number twenty nine. He wore. So yep. I ended up wearing his jumper uh, eight years down the track. So um, the only reason why I know this is I've, I've just watched a video of it because um, trying to fill in some blanks. And I was quite clearly heavily concussed. And I came out, came out after halftime and played uh, the rest of the game. And, um, you know, his, my girlfriend at the time had said, oh, how do you think you played? I've gone, what do you mean? Because you played, he goes, no, I didn't play today. <laughs> Something like that, and she just goes, "Wow, that's that's just wrong." It is. Just and I was only, I was only eighteen, eighteen years old. Um, so that's that's pretty. Um, and that was game yeah. that, game one. That was game one. No, nah, that, that was uh, that was fifteen. I played. 15, so fifteen. Fourteen. Fourteen. Sorry, I think I played. And then that was the fifteen. Thirteen. I can't remember. I knew it was some of like that. No concussions but, um, before that at North, and I, and I say when you remember. can't remember, you couldn't remember, no, no. And then you go back uh, there for what? You were there for how many years? Four, seven, se- se- seven years at North. Yeah, I um, I was injured a lot, concussed yeah. a lot, concussed um, a lot. Um, uh, yeah, hurt both shoulders. Um, concussed a lot. I don't remember, but I was concussed a lot because <laughs> I've. I've gone through the, the books and now look at it, you know, the, the history books. Yep. Um, there's a couple of concussions I do remember, um, but that's that's about it. remember kicking a couple of goals here and there, but really I don't have a lot yep. to then, recall and, about I, I, I know, and, and that, that's, the, that's the thing is like you, you've said it before, is that I, I can't remember much of it. And then when you sort of go, well, what can you remember? It's like, I, I just literally cannot remember it. And that's, that's, Kind of scary, and it's also a little bit disappointing too, because you know if you look at about it now, you can virtually find any game you want at any time. Back then, yep. they might not have had a camera at every at every game, so you could have yeah, played yeah, exactly. Up, and there's no evidence of it all at all whatsoever. Um, but your time at Melbourne, when you got back to there, like the highlights of playing for the D's, can what can you what can you roll off there at that particular time? Well, well getting getting drafted by the D's was a highlight in itself because I was back in the AFL, you know. Um, and it's quite funny. I had um, I had a little bit of hatred towards Melbourne because of John Kennedy. John Kennedy obviously coached me in the uh, in the early the first three years. Yep. He hated Melbourne with a passion because they were the they were the, the white collar and Hawthorne were the blue collar club. And uh, so I'm thinking oh, I have all this preconceived stuff in my head about Melbourne. Going down there, best place of all time, uh, best 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 place of all time. You know. Neil Barn was, was one of the nicest human beings that have gone around, and the players are awesome. And said, Rod Grinner, come up and say hello. <laughs> I, said, I can't hate him anymore because he's too nice. Um, so, yeah, but the, the times obviously was, um, well, my first year was, was really good. 
Um, obviously, the market into the year, and I kicked a pick 50 goals, 50, 51, or whatever it was. Um, then, I, funnily enough, the very next year, I played fullback. So, <laughs> uh-huh. I think, what, what, what are you doing, Barmy? You know, yeah, I went down back one game, we played against Fitzroy. Um, I, I can't remember who was playing there, and so we needed a fullback for just for now. And that was against Collins, I think it was. And so I just filled in for half, and I did, didn't do too bad. And then <laughs> the next week, we needed some down back, so I played down that back there for a little bit, and I never saw the forward line for the rest of the year. <laughs> so um, yeah, played on, got to play on. Uh, Gary Ablett, which was scary, but I, I kept in goalless for a whole game. And remember that. Yeah, which, <laughs> make sure you get it. Don't worry, make, that's in the memory. That's, <laughs> that's in the memory. That's not going anywhere. <laughs> and I play, you know, they had to find Richo and Modra. This is the era of full forwards, you know. It's um, uh, and kept them to you know to one or two goals, and um, then, but then I, the one thing I do laugh about, I got to play on Wayne Carey a few weeks later. And I was playing centre half back, not full fullback. And um, you'll you'll see it get run. It gets run every couple of years. Yeah. Wayne Carey kicked eleven <laughs> from centre half forward. Oh, so I was brought back there pretty quickly by the duck. Um, that, that's the football god God's getting revenge on you for all the oh, years that you've been kicking bags and sitting on people's heads, saying we're just yeah. going to we're going to give you a shot. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a fascinating um, year. That '95 season. Because that was the first year. Melbourne missed the finals by one game. Yes. You lose the first six and you lost the last five. Yeah. And still happen to miss the finals by a game. Yeah. So I know. It, it's mind-blowing. But, but that's what footy yeah, was. That's what, that's what I remember too was big marks, game being a lot more open, the, yep. the era of the, you know, the, the best full, full forwards versus full backs. It's completely different now. Yeah, when when Coleman medals are being won with you know 60, 70 goals when it used to be ninety. I remember the first year, and I can't remember who it was. It might have been John Longmire kicked ninety eight in the season. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and he went. They they thought it was an uproar that a full forward has won the Coleman medal on ninety eight goals under a hundred. Now it's <laughs> if anyone kicks over seventy, it's a it's a bag. And they call ba- oh here's the biggest one. They call a bag any more than three or four. Yeah, no, no. yeah. Bags were eights and nines, and that was eight, being done yeah. regular. Six plus, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, um, it's it's yeah. It, it has changed, as I said before, because it's that's why I sort of find it a little bit boring to watch because it's much the same of the same. Or in close handball, in close, you know. And the time of tackling's great. I would love it, you know. But it's it's just sort of a bit like rugby in some regards. Bit of a scrum. Yep. Um. <laughs> I don't yeah. know about you. Look, the umpiring then seemed to be that as soon as I was almost ball was tackled, brip, whistle blown, straight in, throw it up. Now there seems to be too much of this waiting around. Right, you going I, up, you going up. The whole. But they're in, they're instructed to do that, yeah. which is which annoys me because they've instructed to give the ball time to come out because they want to minimise, um, you know, stoppages. So so the game flows, but that's actually made it uglier because. <laughs> No one wants to see a bunch, you know, four or five guys fighting for the ball, hold up for a second, and it pops out and do the same thing over again. Yeah. You'd rather have a stoppage because um, at least it clears the ball then. Yeah, well, you know, and I definitely agree. One of the one of the things that I've been really passionate about is the number of rule changes is just out of control. Like, and the one of the ones that they they took out there was there was two that they've taken, sorry, one that they've taken out, which was the third man up. Because yep. they wanted to give the ruckman more of a chance to uh, be able to work their craft, yep. the teams were using that as an opportunity to get the ball out of the space. So they've actually slowed the da- the game down and, and congested that in that degree. Yeah, I remember uh, when Melbourne had their run a couple of years ago. They used to have a couple of guys come off the back of the square, and yes. they'd use that as an attacking move. Yeah, but the AFL, no, 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 we can't do that because. Uh, if games get down to the last couple of minutes, we want to uh, we don't want the back lines to be uh, flooded. So they went to that six six six. So they yep. looked at it from a defensive side of things, but there were teams who were using as a, a, a an attacking move, and so it stops. Yes. That. So it's yeah. I, I mean, they've it, got to start changing rules that actually count. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I remember. I remember Jacko said it when uh, on his um, open mic. He said the problem is that the AFL 
uh, think they're the custodians of the game and they're not. They're not the laws committee. They just run the competition. There should be a yeah. separate people totally who, who look after the rules. And mind you, that, oh. uh, that interview was complete. <laughs> it was just an eye-opener and a half, but I sat back and went, he's actually true. They should just look after yeah. the game and have somebody say, these are, these are the rules, you don't change them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. I mean, how many rules have you seen soccer do in the last 10 years? I don't. I don't change. A couple of rules. Maybe it might be a couple. I don't know. Maybe one or two tops. But, and you know, rugby, they've changed rules with the tackling side of things and head high, head high shots and things like that, which is yeah. great. And, and but they haven't really changed the game much, whereas the rules have changed now, have changed the whole game face forever. Um, you know, even the sliding in rule, and you know, uh, I get annoyed now when I see I run, pick the ball up, go to kick it, get tackled, miss the ball, play on. You go, what's it's dropping the ball? Correct, it's dropping, dropping the ball. ball. Happens, happens fifty times a game. Oh no, no, we want to give the guy an opportunity. We want to give him um, prior, prior. When did prior opportunity come in? It was always dropping the ball. It seemed to be a lot well, simpler. To, it seemed a lot simpler to umpire when it was. You get tackled and you don't dispose of it correctly. It's dropping the ball. Yep. I think it, I think you did have to have like you had to have a chance. If you got it and you got tackled instantly, it was a ball up. I think and then and then. But if you had some sort of a chance, you got tackled. It was dropping the ball. Yeah. But so they want to minimize free kicks as well. They want the game playing, moving fast, moving fast. But I don't know. I, I can't keep I can't keep track of the rules. Okay. You know. You know. You, you know. You're doing a really bad job on the rules committee when you watch it. Watch a game of game of footy with a bunch of other people. Yeah. <laughs> they go, oh, what was that for? Oh, we don't know. Well, what do you think of it? <laughs> yes. And when no one knows the rules anymore, that game's the game's in a bit of trouble. Yeah, it was the drop of ball? No, it wasn't. Yeah, you're right. Once again, those same ten no, people that we've no. had before could look at the same thing and go, no, it was. It wasn't. Oh, I don't know. But that makes, go, no, it wasn't. Oh, but the rules this. No, it's not. It's this. No, it isn't. It's this. And people will have three different per- interpretations of the rules. Oh, it makes me laugh. But oh, anyway. It does. Hey, look, you mentioned um, your son earlier, Joel, who's playing yes. for the D's. Now, he's had, you know, probably in his father's uh, footsteps, he's had his injury, injury <laughs> oh, no. issues over the last number of years. Frustrating. Um, Frustrating. But uh, you were actually quite critical of the Melbourne medical team. I think it might have been last year or the – it might have been last year. Last year. Last year. <laughs> because he did he – did, have a, a groin issue, which was in a practice match against Brisbane. Yep. And then they put him back on. Put him back on for a half. Oh, mate, it, it, I was I was fuming watching the game. I'm thinking, yeah. oh, because we were about to leave. I'm thinking, oh, well, yeah, he's done his groin. I was home, at a Cranbourne, you know, that sort of stuff. And, um, and yeah, and then the daughter Amy goes, oh, no, he's come back on. Like, he's warming up. He looks like he'd been shot in the leg. <laughs> And I just thought, nah, surely he can't be playing. And so he goes to the bench and then five minute mark of quarter, he's straight on and and you know, I just you know, what what's going on here? And uh, I asked a few of the trainers, he goes, Oh, he'd be right, you know, this and this, it's this and this. And well he it turned out he had osteitis pubis. So <laughs> or something very similar to it and it wrecked his whole year. I just go, That's that's irresponsible. You know, yeah, the only qualification you needed was to have a set of eyes. <laughs> that's wasn't hard because that they and there's they and there's were, five there's sorry. five coaches up in the box. Yep, you know, five six coaches in the box. There's two doctors. There's two physios. So, you know, eight trainers. You know, surely one could make a decision not to play. Um, and you've even got a head fitness guy who's no longer there. Um, yeah, well, yeah, that's a different story. <laughs> we could go on about that as long as you like because I'm I'm probably in the same boat because just the from what they did last year to this year has just, and you know what, that, that sort of burns me as a, as a Melbourne supporter, the fact that they've put so much hard work in this preseason. Yes. Beforehand. And it just, it's gone to, it's going to, it's going to go to nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Oh, well, just have to reload, you know, just have to accept what, what happens and just can't change it and just move on. But yeah, it is frustrating because they were a lot fitter than they were last year. Um, yeah, it just, I'm just looking at Joel and, and you know, just himself. And yeah, uh, I'm not going to mess with him anymore. Jesus, he punched a shit out of me, I think. Did, did, uh, did yeah. he give you any insight on, on what happened last year, how they could go from a, a prelim 
all the way to, oh, to just, what happened? He just, gave, he just gave his stats on how many Ks they're covering and all this sort of stuff. And yeah. basically what they're doing last year, it was double this year. You know, so it's, you know, it's just better. He just goes, it's just better. Yeah, it's, it's better. And <laughs> and uh, you could even see just in the practice matches that they were playing, they were, they were running out games, which they, yeah. were, they, were, they were getting blown up in the first quarter. I remember the first game against Port Adelaide last year. They were blown up in the first quarter. Yeah, they were under. Clearly, what's going on here? Clearly, clearly underdone. Yeah, clearly, clearly underdone. So, mm. Mr. Burgess, who's come in, has made a, a monumental, and Mr. Nissen, who's no longer there, well, yeah, that's probably a good thing. Um, yeah. Do you keep in touch with any of the guys that you used to play with um, at North or Melbourne, or is there anyone that you you, you regularly keep in touch with, just sort of chew the fat? Uh, I catch up with uh, Brett Allison, Brett yeah. Allison from um, from North, and can, can I ask a question? To, um... You just mentioned him, and I'm, I'm interrupting. Is it, is it a mark of the year club that you have? <laughs> it's funny you say that because I was actually in hospital when he took that mark. Oh. And, um, yeah, and um, yeah, Brett, Brett was saying to me the other day, he said, remember that? He goes, went into the hospital. I was like, no, I don't really know what you're talking about. <laughs> Haven't you seen my so interviews came... or read my interviews? I don't remember much <laughs> anymore. But he, but he came in, he goes, and because he uh, – the game was at the G, but so I didn't see it live or anything like that. And there was no no TV camera there. It was only the scoreboard camera. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he goes, because oh, we were having, like, a bit of a comp. You know, the, <laughs> he's going to take the better mark. He goes, oh, like, yeah. I'm going, oh, no, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so so then when I when I took that took that mark up in 95, he um Langan's up, he goes, yeah, I know, I know, you got me. <laughs> oh, you, you, you did so, get him. You did get him. That was, that was... Yeah, yeah. No, Brett's, Brett's is a buddy. I reckon oh. it's so underrated. It's a joke. Like, it's such a good mark. It's, yeah, never gets in highlight packages and stuff. Look, I think, uh, I think, anyway. I think Mark, there's, there's certain marks that you look at and you go, yeah, that, that's in a highlight package. That, that doesn't, yeah. doesn't have to be in the, the TV station's highlight package. It's in my highlight package. Yeah, you know, it is. If you said to me, "What are the, some of the best marks you've ever seen?" Well, the two, you know, probably the one that the, obviously yours, not being biased, but the Nick, <laughs> the Nick Rewalt Sydney one. Where yeah, that's awesome. And the Jonathan Brown one because it's it's not flashy. It's just it's ridiculous. It, it is ridiculous. <laughs> it, it, it's ridiculous. It's insane. And you shouldn't be able to do those sort of things on the football field. So you know, anyone can anyone can get the ride and. Take one, but to do that is a, is a completely different mindset that you need. I've, to have. I've tried to do that, and I think I've got smashed it. A, I think I got knocked out a few times. You you wouldn't be able to remember it anyway. From, from what you said, you wouldn't <laughs> exactly. ever remember it as well, too. Um, so, Brett Ellison, anyone else? Uh, I expect a horse on the phone, on, on the phone a bit. Yep, uh, horse Longmire. Um, I, I catch up with the most of blokes once a year in, at Melbourne yep. or at um, North in a in a um, like a players thing. Yep. Uh, North have the annual golf trip every year. Yep. We generally catch up with, uh, with Mark Brayshaw and Donald McDonald and Al Clarkson comes on every now and then. And so it's, yeah, it's, um, yeah, keep in contact and keep in contact with them every day, whatever. It's sort of too hard to do that, but we've, uh, yeah, all sort of got some, uh, some good memories to share when we catch up. Is it one of those things that, you know, that if the phone, it doesn't have to be, Every week, every month, but you know, if you if you phone if you if you rang the phone, they'd pick up and you just yeah, hundred percent. Like no yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Tell one guy who I've come friends with over the just yep. since after the, after playing is um, Simon Madden. Yeah, oh. um, he's he's such a nice man. Um, he does a lot of charity work with a girl called um, Cheryl Gannon. Yep. He does some fundraisers for um for MND and for the bushfires and all that sort of stuff. So I always see Simon there and speak on the phone every now and then. So, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good man. He's, he only played 326 or something, wasn't it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, wasn't that. But he tells me every time he, so I see him. <laughs> every time he signs a check with the 327, usually it's the, it's the name, games and goals and probably That's... BNFs after that as well too. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Look, there's one guy I have to ask you about at his time at Melbourne, and um, and it is Jim Steins. And the only reason why yep. I wanted to ask it is because I had a look at that that year that you had the fantastic season, kicked uh, 51. He played 22 games that season, and you racked in uh, 22 yourself. Yep. What kid? And that was what are we looking at? That's 95. So it was four years after he won his Brownlow. 
what was it about him that because the, the theory is and i'd probably do agree with it is that he changed the way that the modern ruckman plays well, what was you it just about have to look him? at the Ruckman now. Yeah. yeah. What's that, Tamman? What was it? What was? What was it about him that just, you know, when people talk about him, they just go, "This guy was just a freak." He just because he was fairly lean for a uh, for a Ruckman, yeah. um, but he could run like the centre bounce. Yeah, he can big bowling, push him out of the way or whatever. But then, I mean, he still won his fair share of hitouts. But then he just run them off their feet. As you said, he was he modernised the. Uh, the, the Ruckman, you know, also you, you can't have the big um, you know, Crackers Keenan and, um, you know, those guys like that. Phil, uh, what's his name? Nolan from North, the big lumbering. Oh, Mighty McNolan. McNolan, yeah. <laughs> and they were both great players, but sort of it's a bit like now the game's evolved again. Yep. Um, look at the Ruckman now. There's Jim, Jim Steins could, could still play in this game today. Yeah. Um, because he, he just his fitness. He just worked hard on his fitness, looked after himself. Um, yeah, and yeah, like he could swim. I think it was seventy. Oh, was it was it a twenty-five meter pool? Some yeah. thirty meters, yeah. thirty forty meters un, under water, just kicking, and then and just huge <laughs> lung capacity and um, just, just for something to do. Just for something <laughs> to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah he he was uh yeah he was he was outstanding yeah. um, and just just good to talk to um you know he's yeah sitting next to him on the bus to a game or something whatever and you come off there and you're sort of going oh jeez <laughs> got to re- reevaluate my life i think because <laughs> jimmy's just put me straight you know <laughs> you're pretty, he's you're a very pretty, intense man you could hear the bus trip from uh melbourne to geelong and after the hour, you'd get out going, I don't want to play this game. I'm going to go and do something. Completely. Jimmy's changed my, cult, my whole my whole. Yeah, I know. View on life. I don't want, to, don't want to play footy anymore. Um, but it, it, it's just a shame with Jimmy that, you know, he, he um, skin cancer got him. Yeah, you know, that's, that's just, and same with Sean White yeah. as well. Oh, you know, it's just, um, it's just a huge, um, like huge banner saying, if you've got any doubt, get things checked out. You know, it's, it's, because Jim left it too long, and didn't, and you know, used to train with his top off apparently a lot, and and obviously fresh Irish skin come over over here. It's um, obviously had its toll on him, which was um, heartbreaking. Because Jim gets a lot of um, you know, recognition over the years. Obviously, what he did from coming from Ireland, but Sean White was no was no slouch either, was he? Down back, oh, he, he, was a, he, he was phenomenal for many many years. He's a gun, absolute gun. Like he was once again fitness. He was just like playing football. You couldn't get away from him. He had these big go go gadget arms. He just seemed to punch the ball. Um, and yeah, he had he a was, good mo too. <laughs> is it is that such a thing? Yeah, that is that is. He had a good thick. He had a good thick caterpillar. Yeah, good healthy mo. Yeah, he had a good healthy I actually got, I, I actually got on really well with uh, Sean Weed because people would say, "Oh." You, I'm Sean White and he's Sean Smith. At least get it mixed up and stuff. So, uh, you reckon this was the lowest part of his career when he got called Sean Smith? So, did you ever get? Anyway. Did you ever have a conversation with him and Jimmy and walk out going, "I understood absolutely nothing." <laughs> well, Sean was probably harder to understand because uh, he's actually Scottish and really thick Scottish accent. So, uh, yeah, it's um. Yeah, good good characters, mate. And, and look, there's one other guy I want to quickly ask you about, and he only played a couple of games in that first season, but you would have seen him over uh, the remaining three. That it was Jeff Farmer, so he came on board. Yeah, yeah. The Wiz, the Wiz, the Wiz. Now, first of all, do you know who gave him the nickname, the Wiz? No, I don't know. But they got it right, didn't they? Oh yeah, he he could. Yeah, he could turn it on a uh, game on its head pretty quickly. He he was he was phenomenal, and I must admit, I was really di- I was disappointed when he left to go over to Fremantle. You can understand why, yep. but yeah, yep. he he was he was the whiz. Like he, the year that I think it was ninety eight ninety eight was your last year, wasn't it? Ninety eight, yeah, uh, yeah. That was the year he kicked forty seven. Yeah, and yeah, just you just throw on his highlight reel, and it's yep amazing, absolutely amazing. So yeah, he he could play the whiz. He could. Play. He was um. And funny, one of the funniest guys on the side. Yep. Absolute, absolute hilarious. We had a, a function 
um, it was a like a, a kick with the players. Had these um, people had played to come and have a kick with, like a training session. Yep. And Stan Owls took it and that it actually it was hosing rain while we were doing it. So it was I think it was round one, I think, um, around. I can't remember what it was, yep. but um, yeah, and Wiz was there, and Nita and a few of the guys, and and um, <laughs> and afterwards having a couple of beers and stuff, and um, Wiz they said talking about yeah any stories you can tell and that sort of thing, and then well got to Wiz is <laughs> I think he was there for half an hour just telling gags and just telling stories, and geez, he's funny. He's a very serious, very seriously funny man. And and stories about him growing up. Um, up north, all that sort of stuff as well too. Yeah, I'm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what? And and they're and they're the people. And look, everybody knows that they've got the just that one person you could just sit down, and you could be in the middle of a paddock, in the middle of nowhere, and you could just sit down and just listen to the stories that they've got to tell. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's funny. No, it'd be Very funny, good. but it would just open your eyes up just to see how world different the world is now. It is, mate. Yeah. So, what are you up, so what are you up to now? Are you, are you, um, what's what's besides obviously not being able to get out of the house, um, yep. working wise, all that sort of stuff. What are you what are you up to? Well, footy wise, I I helped out with my daughter's side. She's started playing. Yep. Whereabouts? Where's she playing? She, she's playing at Willemstown this year. Wonderful. In the VFL. Beautiful. Um, yeah. So I helped out. I was a runner actually for my daughter's team, Abbas Abbasfeldy. Yep. Um, so I really, I coached it all, you know, for the last 15 years or something like that. So I sort of needed a break just to watch my kids play and watch Joel, yep. you know, watch oh, Joel and, and And obviously Joel didn't play the whole year, so that was disappointing. But this year I just said nothing. I was just going to be just a spectator, which is great. But, um, work-wise, I'm not, not doing anything at the moment. Um, um, I haven't probably worked... Since I came out of hospital, yeah. so it's yeah. So that's been a while, but that's okay. We'll deal with that. And you know what? Sometimes uh, you need to sit back and look after number yeah. one. And oh, it's a all part of my recovery, and um, yeah, get things right and move on. I'm not sure how long it's going to take. You know what? It doesn't matter how long it takes because, like I said, as long as you've got the support mechanisms around you and you've got the yeah. people who are there for you, you you're always yep. you'll be in a good place. Would you Would you have done? You know, if you're looking back now, would you do anything differently? Um, I'll get the head out of the way, be nice. <laughs> Good luck with that. Um, I, I guess you, I guess you really can't have that thought because you just be going the what if the whole time. I, I sort of used to have that mentality, but I sort of got, I got rid of it because I think it's not serving me any purpose. You know, of course, there'd be things you want to do different because you know the result. <laughs> so, so at, the, at the time, I go, no, I wouldn't do anything different. It was. Um, if it was, I'd probably just trained harder early in my career. Yeah. It'd probably be about it. I'm sort of conditioning after seeing Jimmy and these sort of guys where they trained. So yeah. So um, but yeah. But anything else? Yeah, I can't really try to change anything. No, look, you, you've look, you've had a fantastic career. Like I said, you're going to have highlights that a lot of us absolutely dream of, and more importantly, coming out and, and telling people what you've been through. Um, and how it's affected you is has been nothing but a good news story for, for everybody. Yeah, um, to say that you know what, if, if you are struggling, go ahead and and see someone. It's yep. you'd go to the doctor if you had a sniff, um, or you had a cough, you've got a bit of a sore head, or you're not feeling right. There's no harm in it doing it whatsoever. Yeah, so, just take it. Just take a Panadol. Just yeah, that does not work, listeners. Don't take no. a Panadol. Go and see the doctor. All right, please do whatever you need to do. Appreciate everything. Um, all the best to yourself and the family as well too. And thank you for joining us on Lace Out this afternoon. All right, thanks, Chris. Thanks for listening to our latest episode. If you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. I'm your host, Chris Pepper, and with Jamie Wallace, we give you your footy how you want it. Ice out.